I was a pantser in the beginning, and I still pants it every now and then. But when I do, I always go back and check for a strong story structure. What does it take to turn a blank page into a breathtaking adventure that leaves a lasting impression? And how can you make sure your pacing is right? How do you know if your story is exciting enough? The answer is story structure. Humans have been telling stories for millennia, so the art of storytelling isn't a secret. There's a beginning, a middle, and an end. Without those three pieces, a story isn't really a story, is it? We are used to telling stories to one another, face-to-face, chatting at the water cooler or over dinner, telling our kids a bedtime story, but somehow it hits differently when we set out to write a book, a novel, especially a book that may grow to be over 100,000 words, as often happens with fantasy fiction. So we need to pay attention to our story structure to make sure we hit all the elements our readers need for a satisfying experience. Plotters usually sketch stuff out in advance, but like pantsers, they need to keep an eye on story structure along the way and recheck plot points at the end. The only advantage of plotting ahead of time is maybe reducing the number of revisions and false starts. I try to be a plotter these days to save time, and I like the confidence that having a plan gives me. But either way, you got to pay attention to story structure. Hey, Writing Pursuits authors, welcome back to the podcast. To those of you who are new, I want to extend a special welcome. My name is Catherine McKee, and I'm glad you're here. If you are a writer seeking encouragement, information, and inspiration, this podcast is for you. Let's get to it. Let's begin with three-act structure. Really, everything else I discussed today is built on this frame. Three-act structure has a beginning, a middle, and an end. Act one, act two, act three, or sometimes it's called setup, confrontation, and resolution. Departure, initiation, and return, like in the hero's journey, or descent, search, and ascent, as in the heroine's journey. However, that's not enough detail for me. I like seven-point story structure the best. The Hook, a compelling introduction to the story's intriguing world and or characters. This is when you show your MC in their ordinary world. It can take most of the first chapter or last only a few sentences, but you need this piece. A compelling voice is a must here because you're drawing the reader in. Even if the ordinary world is commonplace, the voice, tone, and mood must hook the reader. If you need help with your hook, go to firstchapterrubric.com and download your copy of my worksheet. There is a whole section just for the hook. So let's use the 2015 movie Star Wars The Force Awakens as an example of seven-point story structure. Up until the 30-minute mark in the movie, I would call all of the action a prologue intended to showcase the villain Kylo Ren and introduce us to a couple of important side characters, Finn and Poe. The main character is Rey, a scavenger on the planet of Jakku, and she is shown on a little expedition to salvage parts just to keep herself fed. This little section is intended to show her ordinary world. This is her real life. 
Then comes plot turn number one, and that is the call to adventure, which includes the inciting event and leads to the midpoint. Maybe within the first chapter or maybe later, something changes in your MC's world. It may not seem significant at first, but its result is to change their life forever. This is the inciting event. Ray doesn't know that interacting with BB-8 is dangerous. So what seems like a great find completely changes her life and maybe not in the best way. Pinch number one raises the stakes with the introduction of the antagonist or the major conflict. Somewhere in here should be a point of no return. The day after Ray finds BB-8, Finn shows up. Finn is a defector from the First Order and he immediately recognizes the droid. Close behind his arrival, the forces of the First Order show up, intent on killing Finn and Ray and recapturing the droid. When the trio comes under fire, they are forced to run. Ray and Finn and BB-8 escape on the Millennium Falcon, of course. In the movie, Finn and Ray literally run through the village gates to reach the Falcon and escape. This is definitely the door of no return. After this, All the way to the midpoint, the protagonists meet danger after danger and are stuck in a cycle of being attacked and trying to survive. Ray and Finn are still in reactive mode. Even when they meet Han Solo and Chewbacca and fight off two rival gangs together, this is when they learn that Kylo Ren, the servant of Snoke, who is the supreme leader of the First Order, is the prodigal son of Han Solo and Princess Leia. Kylo Ren's objective is to acquire the droid that contains the missing piece of the map. Okay, things are happening to the protagonists, and they are merely reacting. Han then takes them to meet a friend, Maz, who immediately senses Ray's connection to the Force. So that brings us to the midpoint, which is when things change from reactive to proactive. On Maz's planet, Ray discovers key details about herself and her past. This is her moment of truth, though she attempts to deny it. She also learns Finn's true identity. Then the First Order arrives again, and the protagonists are forced to take action, moving from reactive mode to proactive mode. This leads to pinch number two. The major conflict takes a turn for the worse and all appears lost for the protagonist. So Ray is captured by Kylo Ren and taken to Starkiller Base, the super weapon of the First Order. Kylo Ren figured out that since Ray has seen the map, he no longer needs the droid because he can retrieve the map from her mind. Then comes plot turn two which moves the MC through the climax to the resolution. All seems lost, but the protagonist discovers something that helps them resolve the major conflict or defeat the antagonist. Ray is in a heap of trouble, and truly all hope seems lost. During her incarceration, she experiments for the first time with the Force and manages to break out. At about this time, We learn that the Starkiller base is charging its power banks in preparation to destroy the planet where Resistance headquarters is located. A lot of things happen leading up to the climax. The death of Han Solo at the hands of his son Kylo Ren. Uh, Sorry about that if I spoiled it for you. The critical injury to Finn and the final showdown between Rey, who is new to the Force, and the warlord Kylo Ren as the Starkiller base is imploding and exploding around them. So that leads to the resolution, which is the major conflict is resolved 
and the antagonist is defeated. Well, I don't think the audience gets the resolution it deserves in The Force Awakens. Kylo Ren is not defeated entirely, and Rey doesn't get the answer she seeks about her identity. But they live to fight another day, or at least in the next movie. So instead, Rey meets Princess Leia at Resistance Headquarters. She worries about Finn's condition, and then she sets out with Chewie to find Luke Skywalker using the precious map from BB-8. When she finds Luke, she gets a temporary resolution, and then the credits roll. So let's review the seven-point structure. Let's use the analogy of setting sail on a voyage to help us remember the seven-point story structure. After getting the reader hooked, the main character experiences the inciting event, which, whether they know it or not, is going to change everything. Their first plot turn puts our main character on the path to adventure. There is no way back. The only way open is to go forward. The winds are sweeping them offshore. There must be a pinch point, one, when the antagonist, in this case the ocean, shows its force in opposition to the voyage, the hero reaches the midpoint of the voyage of their voyage. Conditions force them to switch tactics from reactive to proactive, or they will never see home again. They must take action or die. After the midpoint, a second pinch occurs. When all seems lost, the boat is damaged, there's no fresh water, and a storm is blowing the hero off course. The second plot turn takes us through the climax to the resolution. The hero has learned a thing or two or gained enough help to beat the elements. This knowledge and expertise helps the hero win through the final battle to return to land. The resolution is a final point, and it happens when the storm clears and the hero is on the beach. But the story isn't over until the victory is acknowledged and the hero's inner conflict is somewhat or fully resolved. At the beginning, I mentioned the hero's journey and its three parts, departure, initiation, and return. I also mentioned the heroine's journey and its three parts, descent, search, and ascent. Think of the hero's journey and the heroine's journey as two flavors of ice cream. They're both ice cream, but they taste different from one another. And I hate the name for these two story structures because they have nothing to do with gender. The hero's journey can be about a female main character and a heroine's journey can be about a male main character. It's about their approach to the conflict that makes them different from one another. Writing Pursuits is run by Catherine McKee, who has been trusted by fiction authors since 2014 to take their writing to a new level of excellence. Catherine is a three-story method certified editor who specializes in story diagnostics, coaching, and line editing to help you prepare your story for the journey ahead. For more information, go to writingpursuits.com. The link is in the show notes. And now, back to the podcast. The Hero's Journey was made famous in The Hero with a Thousand Faces by Joseph Campbell in 1949. So it's been around for a long, long time. And his summary is a hero ventures forth from the world of common day into a region of supernatural wonder. Fabulous forces are there encountered and a decisive victory is won. The hero comes back from this mysterious adventure with the power to bestow boons on his fellow man. The only problem is not everything fits into this little container. I prefer the 
refined, less fussy version of the hero's journey that came along in 2007, when Christopher Vogler, a well-known screenwriter, wrote his textbook, The Writer's Journey, Mythic Structure for Writers. There are 17 points in Campbell's version and only 12 points in Vogler's version. So it's easier to follow. Vogler had a lot of input into The Lion King, and he also intended the same filmmaking school as George Lucas, and it shows. Vogler's points make much more sense to me than Campbell's, and they obviously work. The 12 points in the streamlined hero's journey are... Ordinary World, which sounds familiar, doesn't it? Call to Adventure, Refusal of the Call, Meeting the Mentor, Crossing the Threshold, Tests, Allies, Enemies, Approach the Inmost Cave, Ordeal, Reward, otherwise known as Seizing the Sword, and the Road Back, Resurrection, and Return with the Elixir. In The Force Awakens, Rey goes through every step of the hero's journey, but in the sequel, The Last Jedi, you can make the argument that she is on the heroine's journey. Although um, Maureen Murdoch is credited with the idea of the heroine's journey, I prefer Gail Carriger's, that's C-A-R-R-I-G-E-R, take in her book, The Heroine's Journey, for writers, readers, and fans of pop culture, which was published very recently in 2020, the steps in the heroine's journey as outlined by Carragher are familial, the film family network is broken, pleas are ignored, resulting in an abdication of power. Withdrawal is involuntary. Family offers aid, but no solution. Result is isolation and danger. Loss of family means risk. Disguise, subversion, appeal to surrogate family network and an attempt to rebuild community visit the underworld friends family render aid negotiation for reunification results in a compromise benefiting all network is established or reestablished in an altered form and revenge is irrelevant glory is irrelevant it's not the structure that needs to be original it's the plot points that need to be original. The hero's journey gets taught a lot in school. And many authors mistakenly try to stuff their story into that structure. But not everything fits there. The heroine's journey is everywhere in literature if you know what to look for. Gail Carriger humorously summarized both of the hero's journey and the heroine's journey. The hero's journey, she said, Increasingly isolated protagonist stomps around, prodding evil with pointy bits, eventually fatally prods the baddie, gains glory and honor. In other words, the hero's journey is often traversed in isolation with some help from a mentor who probably dies before the end. He or she winds up embittered and alone. This is Luke Skywalker's story. I mean, perfect. It's the perfect hero's journey. Carragher summarizes a heroine's journey this way. Increasingly networked protagonist strides around with good friends, prodding them and others on to victory together. In other words, the heroine's journey is about building a network, a community, a team, and achieving victory through relationships and compromise. He or she is definitely not in it in the fight for glory and honor. Those are irrelevant. This is Rey's path in the second film, The Last Jedi. Some of her journey is already known before the film begins because she has retreated to the isolated island 
where Luke lives in exile. Ray even manages to build a tenuous relationship with Kylo Ren. By the end, she has built a huge network of diverse folks to face Kylo Ren's forces in a critical battle. Even Luke shows up to make the final sacrifice. So this film is built on the heroine's journey flavor of ice cream. Other examples of the heroine's journey ice cream flavor are Harry Potter and Katniss Everdeen. Their victories are achieved through building alliances. So in conclusion, there's a lot more to be said about story structure. And there are lots of ice cream story structure flavors out there. You have probably heard of Save the Cat, the Snowflake Method, and the Dan Harmon Story Circle, among others. So (laughs) everything begins with the beginning, middle, and end. Act 1, Act 2, Act 3, the setup, confrontation and resolution, or departure, initiation, return, descent, search, and ascent. You know, all of those are valid. Overlay the three-act structure with the hero's journey or the heroine's journey or whichever flavor you prefer, depending on your desired model. And make sure you do what makes sense for your story. Okay, what does it take to turn a blank page into a breathtaking adventure that leaves a lasting impression? Good pacing and an exciting plot. You must have conflict, you know, both external and internal conflict. Your characters need to make difficult choices, and there must be consequences for those choices they make. Remember, it is not the structure that needs to be original. It's the plot and characters that need to be original. The structures are a tool. And that's all I have for today. Until next time, keep writing, my friends. Keep writing. Thank you for listening to the podcast today. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a star rating and follow the podcast. If you're new around here, I hope you will sign up for Writing Pursuits Tips for Authors, my newsletter that comes out most Thursdays when health and life permit. That link and all the links mentioned in today's episode are in the show notes at writingpursuits.com. Please join us on Wednesdays for new episodes and keep writing, my friends. Keep writing. Keep writing.